Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, as you guys are standing, I'm going to pray and then you guys could take a seat. So if you guys could close your eyes real quick. Jesus, we thank you for this Christmas season. Lord, that you came as a baby but you grew in 33 years and revealed yourself throughout the nations, the world. And God, I pray tonight that you would reveal yourself to the youth, to the older generation, and to everybody in between, Lord God. So I thank you for tonight, that every word that you desire to speak through me would land on fertile soil right now. So I declare in this place right now, fertile soil over this word of God that's about to be spoken. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, take a seat. All right, I'm trying to see faces, I'm trying to see faces. Um, here we go. We're in a series called It's a Wonderful Life, and I hope you guys have been really enjoying this series because it's Christmas season, and for me, I, I just, I, I love this season because everybody's open to hearing the gospel, and the funny thing is they're actually moving in the spirit of giving in this season. Yes, there is those that just want, 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 want. But you can't, ha- you can't want unless somebody's willing to give. And so this season just opens up so much for us, and, and I love that. But in this, in this life that we are to call wonderful, I feel like there's a couple views that we can take. Now, everybody says you're either pessimistic or optimistic, right? Your cup is half full or half empty. And the truth of the matter is we need to stop looking at the cup, whether it's half full or half empty. We need to look at the one who fills the cup, and that's Jesus. And so... Tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, my walk with Jesus, and if you look around life today, you, you're given a choice. You can either see God's hand on everything that is going on, or you can see his hand on some things, or you actually have this pessimistic type view of God's not working. And woe is me, the world is cursed, and oh my God, the election, and this person's president, and this, all these things, you have a choice to do that, or... You guys can look at God's hand is in on it. Because Romans 8, 28 says, he uses all things together for good. So no matter what it is, God uses all things together for good. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, So people will see things happen in their life. They'll they'll hear a no in their life. And they're like, oh, no, that's not God. Little do you know, a no can be God's timing not lining up right now. Right? Somebody could see a healing. Somebody could see cancer disappear and give credit to chemo and not give credit to God, right? So you have a choice in how you see life. You can see life uh, uh, through the faith lens or you can see it through your carnal flesh. So, title of my message, I'm gonna actually rearrange the words. The title of my message tonight is A Life Full of Wonder. So, it's a wonderful life, a life full of wonder. So I'm gonna share a little bit about my story, I'm gonna share some things where I got some revelation, and when I started walking with Jesus, things that just opened up my eyes a whole lot. Uh, So I'm going to have three solid points tonight. Two of them are going to be straight from Jesus himself, and the third one's going to be a revelation that we got to dive into Scripture a little bit deeper. So um, I got saved in 2007. My wife and I, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. 
We were in Las Vegas. Out of all places in Sin City, we got saved at a business conference. So fun fact, Snapple fact 101 for you. From uh, 07 to 2010, we went to church. We found a good spirit-filled church. We were, we were in there, but we were more playing church. Anybody play church before? You guys just come and you guys just go. You guys aren't in a connect group. You guys aren't serving. You guys aren't showing up to men's and women's prayer. You're not going to conferences. It's playing church, right? Because we desire to do community with you guys. And so um, we were aware of God, but we weren't walking with God. So in 2011 to th- through 2014, we just like stayed home and built my business. We had fun. Like it was fun years. Don't get me wrong. Just not being in church was okay for a season. 2012, we had Leanna. Leanna's in here. So Leanna's 10. She's going to be 10 this month. Um, 2015, our family was just a little distant. Just things were off. Just things weren't clicking. Uh, I was personally depressed. I felt the spirit of suicide over my life. I just, I felt I wanted to take my life. Nobody knew that stuff. Life, but I was saved. Anybody saved and go through stuff like that? Like, it legit happens. So don't let any religious uh, theology tell you that a Christian cannot have any demons or anything coming against them. The truth of the matter was, I was saved in 07. Here I was seven years later still struggling with some demonic forces. So uh, end of 2016, I got asked by Josh Fire to go to Emerge. So I decided to come to a 5 p.m. service. We used to have a 5 p.m. service on Sunday nights. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I started speaking in tongues. I started seeing things. Just my life came alive. And, and it was just different for me. So in 2017, I really started pursuing God. And that's when, you know, I started down at East Lake campus. And we came over here when we started this. Um, if you know anything about that story, what I'm saying was that was 10 years from when I gave my life to Jesus to when I started living a spirit-filled life, when I really started pursuing God. So I let 10 years, I let a decade of my life go by being me. I wasn't pursuing God. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. So I'm going to kind of give you guys three points that helped me uh, walk down this wonderful life. And I started to see uh, signs and wonders and stuff happening in my life that you guys cannot convince me God is not real after this. Like, I, I just, I can't. So, uh, the first scripture I want to bring up is Luke 9. Luke 9, uh, verse 23 and 24. I don't know if I gave just one, um, but here's what it is. If Jesus, now this is in red writing. It says that if anyone were to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Verse 24 says, Uh, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So the context of here, what Jesus is saying is you as a savior, if you can save your life, you're going to lose it, right? And so there's some revelation in how we get to heaven right there. Just immediately, you cannot save your life. You cannot. And so my point number one is if you want to live a wonderful life, you've got to lay down your life and follow Jesus, Absolutely, that is key. That is foundational to everything. If you want freedom from demonic forces, you got to follow Jesus. You got to call upon the name that saves, the name above every other name. But in that, in that verse, in 24, it says that if you wanted to save your life, you, context you, that word save is sozo. Now, we, we hear that in the church all the time, especially if you like do studies, deep Greek studies and stuff like that, sozo, I'm, I'm sozo, I'm fully saved, right? There's, there's, a, there's a, a theological view that once you're fully saved, fully, fully saved, you can't have a demon, right? That's, I kind of touched on that. You can't be 
uh, struggling with any of the stuff. You're just, you're, you're going to heaven, brother. That's all they pray. You're going to heaven. God bless you. And we're just waiting until we see each other in heaven. But the truth is we have decades upon decades here on earth that we have to live a life to represent Jesus and point people back to the cross, right? So that word sozo, I look it up in the Greek, and that's just the way I study. I personally like to go into the old, uh, uh, how it's broken down. And for me in Greek, what it says here is to save. I talked about that. To keep safe and sound. Sounds like a baby. I'm going to keep them safe and sound. To rescue from danger or destruction. To save from suffering or from perishing. Now, I'm going to go on the second thing I said is to keep safe and sound. If you are the context and you're trying to keep your life safe and sound, there's no following Jesus. I promise you that. Like, Jesus lived a dangerous life. Seriously, like, when he was conceived, because life begins at conception, when he was conceived, there was toil and chaos around that, like wedlock. There's, there's whispers in the town of Mary getting pregnant by who? Like, she just got engaged, if you will, or married. Like, there was danger around that. And then baby Jesus comes into the, to the world, and King Herod, with the spirit of abortion and death and murder, wants to come and kill every two- to three-year-old or three-and-under uh, boy, right? It, it was dangerous, right? And now that's kind of out of his hands, but then he goes on and he, he looks at traditions and he looks at religion and he looks at everything in life and he comes in opposition to that. And it twisted some people up. It says that he was in synagogue and, and he was teaching and it was his turn to come up and teach and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that flustered everybody. Like the religious, it says that it drove them out to the edge of the cliff. They wanted to throw them off the cliff. Scripture doesn't say how he got away from it. It said he just disappeared through the crowd. I like to tell the kids it's kind of like a smoke bomb, like Batman. And then he just, he disappears. Like, and they're looking around like, where is he at? I don't know where he's at. But Jesus is gone. But he lived a dangerous life. Like seriously. Um, he fasted for 40 days. It was dangerous. Anybody fast for 40 days? Like no food? I know Pastor Michael did and he was like, he got real skinny after that. And you're not fat, though. I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> I think I need to try that a little bit. But it's dangerous. If, if, if his mom was like my mom, she'd be like, mijo, you can't. You have to eat. I'm sorry. Like, you're going to lose weight. You're going to get sick. You're going to get a headache. Like, and he didn't do that. He just went sh- straight out there. It's funny. I'm going to tap into it a little bit later. He was led by the spirit out there. And so um, talking on that same point, to follow Jesus, I had this revelation on Sunday. I was sitting over here, and I realized as we were talking scripture, I looked up in the crowd, and I felt this feeling that there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand the context or don't understand the story we're talking about. So I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of that. Jesus is calling his disciples. Now he has his 12, and he's ready to go across the sea and cast out the demoniac. So he has his disciples, and he's telling them, like, foxes have dens. They have places to live, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man... I don't have no place to rest my head. What that tells me is this journey following Jesus is going to take you places that you just can't stay in one place. You cannot stay in one place if you're following Jesus. I promise you that. I've tried for 10 years. But he said, so another disciple said to him, Lord, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their dead. A gulp. I'm like, do I want to follow you? Like, bro, that's my dad. Like, I don't know if he's dead already or if he's dying. But Jesus said, leave him there. 
I don't know why he said that. But I also don't know why the disciple just said, all right, cool, I'm going to trust you. That's a scary little thing to, to follow Jesus. And I have to look at that, and it just, it, I'm like, all right, break it down again. Here comes teacher David, and I go into the Greek, and I'm like, what does that mean? Spiritually dead, necros, right? It's in the Greek. Or necros, necros, I don't know. I don't speak Greek. But it says, um, literally, it says, one that has breathed is last. Okay, so maybe the dad's dead. I don't know if the dad's dead, okay? But the metaphor for that is spiritually dead. Destitute of life that recognizes um, a life not devoted to God. It's because it's been given up to trespasses and sins. I'm going to stop there for a second. Do you know anybody who is sold out to sin and trespassing and living a life of this world, they're spiritually dead? So uh, it says inactive of respects of doing right. Morality, gone. They don't have morality. Dead. Okay, destitute of force or power, inactive or inoperative. That makes me feel like they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's spiritually dead to me. That's what it sounds like to me. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what areas of my life? I'm thinking about those 10 years, and I, I look back now, and there's a lot of friends that aren't in my life anymore. And I don't know why. I didn't break up with them. I didn't fight with them. I didn't steal from them. I don't know why. But I have to sit back 10 years later, a decade later, and sit there and look and say, God, you pruned some stuff out of my life. And I thank him for that. But the truth is, I, I actually had to lay down my life and pick up my cross and walk daily. And I was in men's prayer two weeks ago, and somebody was praying over me, and they said something about, thank you, God, for David and his wife laying down their life to build this church. And I had this immediate thing rise up inside of me that felt like, no, God, I could do so much more for you. And if you're a leader in this place, you probably have that feeling like, I could do more for the kingdom. You're never content just like, oh, I just laid down my life 300 days of the year, and that's it, and I'm moving on. The truth is, you got to pick up your cross daily. And youth, I'm telling you, if you pick up your cross daily and you follow Jesus, so much is going to happen. So much is going to happen, but it's for your good. I promise you that. You may lose friends like I lost friends. You may lose family. You may lose opportunities. You may lose jobs. You may lose scholarships, but I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, God is so faithful, he'll reward you. I, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, okay, you follow Jesus. You picked up your cross. You're following him daily now. What do you do now? My point number two, if you want to live a life full of wonder, is you got to be led by the Spirit. So, when I first got filled by the Holy Spirit, one of the first verses that just kept coming at me is Joel 2.28. That in those later days, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young will see visions. What does that mean? What does that mean? What it meant to me was I was worthy to carry the spirit of God. If he promised it in his word, I just amend it. And I said, okay, cool. I want your Holy Spirit. Jesus, give me your spirit. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I started to see things. See things that I couldn't even imagine, and the world will say whatever, the religious will say whatever, uh, new age movements will say whatever, psychics and all these stuff, they'll say whatever. But the truth is, I've seen things that just made my life that much more wonderful. I had a vision, and I, and I, I quickly want to talk about this. I won't talk in detail, but before the crazy 2020 season, we lost our grandma, Grandma Mercy. And 
when she took her last breath, Mercy and I were just walking into the room, and the whole family was there, and there was about 30 to 50, I don't know the exact, we were all crammed into a little hospital room, and the only place I could go in was in the bathroom, so everybody's out there. The family asked me to pray, and so I, I just prayed, and then we were fine, we spent our time. The next day at work, I stepped into a vision like John had on the island of Patmos. I, I, I was alive, I was awake, I wasn't sleeping, I was actually working. I was cleaning this whole glass fence, it was probably the size of this screen, and it was three levels of glass, and it would have took me a good time to do. And right when I started on the first piece of glass, I stepped into a heaven, I stepped into vision. And I seen grandma walk in towards the throne room. And immediately I, I in this vision, open-eyed vision, so in the flesh, I was cleaning windows. In the spirit, I'm in heaven. And I, I heard a voice next to me saying, this is what took place when you were in the bathroom praying. And I was like, and I looked and no one's here and it's the Holy Spirit. And so we walk in and we're seeing beautiful visions of heaven. And I, and I, I looked at the throne and it's so bright. And at the throne, I could see a man and it's Jesus. But his face was brighter than these super bright lights up here. And I, and I couldn't look into his face, but all I could see is his body. And as grandma stepped right into his hugging distance, he opened his arms, he stepped out of the glory, and I could see his face, and he hugged her. Now, that doesn't happen if you don't get the spirit of God on your life. I'm telling you, he does amazing things that makes your life so much more wonderful that you'll be able to tap into. And so I, I seen this, and God received her, talked to her, hugged her, spun her around, and actually pulled a piece of fruit from the center of, of heaven, and he gave her, when it crossed paths, it turned into a lipstick. And I'm asking questions like, God, why? I'm 15 feet away. I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm wondering why. And immediately the Holy Spirit next to me answers me. And I'm like, this is wonderful. This is great because it gave me peace, knowing that when someone calls upon the name of Jesus, they breathe their last breath, they do enter eternity. And I got to see this. This confirmed some things for me and for my family. And so I stepped out of the vision. I look at the fence, and the fence is all clean. And I'm like, how long did that vision last? And I'm driving on the freeway, and I call my wife, and I'm like 20 on 65. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but something happened. I, I can't explain. And that happens day after day after day after day when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So you got to be led by the Spirit. I'm, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. I wanna be a son of God, yeah. for sure. Uh, there's a ton of scriptures, Galatians 5, 18. Oh, I, I just said that one, but um, no, I didn't. Galatians 5, 18 says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the spirit, returned to the Jordan, and then he went to the wilderness, led by the spirit. Jesus was led up by the spirit, um, it could go on and on. That's actually a really good study. If you just go to your Bible app and just go like, led by the Spirit. The ton of scriptures that you can go on that. Uh, Jesus says to, to do that. So if you want to live a life of wonder, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now, that is the difference maker in religion and relationship. You could go to the biggest, nicest church, stained glass or not. This is pretty big and nice. I, I, I will say that. But the difference maker is, is the Holy Spirit present? If you go to a church that doesn't teach you about the Holy Spirit, you're just missing out. You're going to miss a decade of your life. You will probably know the word very, very well, 
which is super powerful. But Jesus said, it's, greater that I, it's better that I go and I'll leave you the helper. I'll leave you the Holy Spirit. He says, you'll do the same miracles that I do. Matter of fact, greater miracles will you do because I go to the Father. Right? Were you taught that? I wasn't. I didn't know that. You know, and so, again, if you want to live a life of wonder, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. My point number three. Okay? I'm going to slow down a little bit because I think I went a little fast. Um, if you want to live a life full of the Holy Spirit, this is something I did. You've got to learn to forget the past and receive the blessing of grace. I'm telling you right now, I was bound up in my mind thinking that I wasn't good enough. I was thinking because of my past, whatever I've done, I'm a screw up. God doesn't want to put his spirit on me. He doesn't want to breathe life on me. He doesn't want to anoint me. I had this mindset of my past that I never fully let go. Okay, so I found Jesus, right? I'm deciding to follow him. I'm deciding I'm going to pick up my cross daily and I'm going to walk with the Lord. To be honest with you, the best thing you can do every day you wake up, yes, is pray. But pray and walk. Jesus always departed and went into a, like a, his own separate place to play, pray. Why not do that now? Why not just walk? I would walk my dogs in my community and I say, God, uh, this happened today. And he's like, I know. I'm like, okay, um, you know, I need some wisdom. Talk to me. And God would highlight things to me and he would show me things. And it's, and, and it's a wonderful life when you learn to walk with the Lord. When you drive, does anybody ever, I mean, we want to cry out and say, Jesus, take the wheel, right? We want to sing Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. But do you ever think about Jesus in the passenger seat? Man, man, how many of you guys commute for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes? That's an appointment, a divine appointment with God. Are you missing those opportunities? Are you being an Uber driver for Jesus or are you just driving yourself around? I'm telling you, you'll get paid a lot more if you Uber Jesus around. Brings me to a, a, just a side note that's not on my notes is Colossians 3 says that everything you do, you do unto the Lord Jesus. I'm going to drive with Jesus. I'm going to clean windows for Jesus, right? I'm going to love on you guys like Jesus. I, I just, that's something that I, I said that last night in my Pathfinder's legacy plan is my desire, my desire down the road, obviously through this whole sanctification process, I desire that when I leave your presence, when David Macon walks away from you, you'll feel like that dude has a little bit of Jesus on him. I pray that that's what my life would resemble. Colossians 3 says, everything you do, you do unto the Lord Jesus. So me up here, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to Jesus, the Jesus in you. I am talking to you guys. I'm, I'm hoping you guys get it. But um, I am going to read, let me open up my Bible, Genesis chapter 48. Now, this is the point that I had mentioned to you guys that there's going to have to be, uh, there's going to be some revelation that comes. It's very, very practical when Jesus says, come follow me, pick up your cross. Very, very practical when Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. All right? We don't really have to think too much into that. Being led by the Holy Spirit. It says do it. Why aren't you doing it? Well, I'm going to do it, God, so let's figure that out. This third point, I'm just going to read a story. And there's so much power in just reading story in Bible. I'm telling you. I, I did it to kids two weeks ago, and I just read a story. And you won't believe the kids just sat down and they just listened. They just absolutely listen. I didn't have to come up and preach a three-point message to the kids. 
I just told a story. So I'm going to tell a story. But first, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. And God, I pray right now that you, Holy Spirit, would show this revelation in the scripture, that it would bless their life for generations to come right now. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read context again. Obviously, there's probably a lot of people that don't know this story. Jacob, who wrestled with God, popped his hip out. He walks different. Anytime you wrestle with God, you walk different. You should. <laughs> there's enough revelation right there. That's a whole message in its own. But God changes his name to Israel. So I'm going to talk about Israel. When I say Israel, it's a person. It's a, it's a patriarch. It's a father. He had Joseph. Do you guys know Joseph? He was sold. He was thrown into a pit. Went into Egypt. So now this is later on in life. Israel's an old man. Israel's pretty much on his deathbed. And he can't see. And he's ready to pass down the blessing. The, the traditional blessing that, that fathers do is they pass down their blessing. So he calls Joseph up. And he says, bring your two boys. And the two boys are Manasseh and Ephraim. Those are the two names. And... The way they did things is obviously the oldest son, the firstborn son gets the blessing and the rest get divvied up. Manasseh is the oldest. You guys got it? I gave you guys context, enough context? Here we go. Um, in verse eight, it says, when Israel saw Joseph's sons, he asked, who are these? Joseph said to his, fathers, to his father, these are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Really quick. Israel is a form and fashion of God our Father. Just I want you to think of that in the context. Like Israel is the Father. The Father. And then there's next level. It's a third generation thing happening right here. God is a generational God. He could have just left it with, with Joseph, but he didn't. He said, brought them, he, said uh, he brought them near to him. He kissed them, embraced them. And Israel said, to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees, and he bowed himself on his face on the earth. Just homage. I, I think about what it means to be on your face, the blessing that comes right after. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand. So Israel is standing here, right hand, left hand. The right hand in scripture, the right side is always the place of authority, the place of God's will. Jesus is seated at the, thank you, right hand of the Father, right? So the right, anytime when, when Jesus separates the, the sheep and the goats, sends them to the right. So there's some, there's some study there. Israel's standing there. The oldest son is walking up. He's purposely setting him up on this side so Israel can reach out his right hand and bless Then he brings the younger in his left hand. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He brings up Ephraim on his right side, which is the left hand towards Israel's right hand, right? He brought them near him, and Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim. Then he got his left hand and laid it on the head of Manasseh. Crossing his hands. For Manasseh was the firstborn, and he blessed Joseph and said, For God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long, uh, the angel who has redeemed me from all the evil, bless the boys. 
He's speaking a blessing now. And in them, my name will be carried on. I'm gonna fast forward to 17. When Joseph, Israel, Joseph, when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand of authority and blessing and God's will on the hand of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand and moved it to Ephraim's head, to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to them, not this way, father. Since this is the firstborn, put your right hand on his head. Pause. How many times do we want God to bless us, but we remove God's hand and say, no, God, you have to bless us this way. This is just the way tradition does it. That's, is that your prayer life? It was mine for 10 years. It's praying for cars and praying for money and praying for things that just didn't bring me closer to God. I would grab God's hand because God's a gentleman and he'll say, okay, I'll see what you're trying to do. He places it over there. I don't want to do that anymore. But his father refused and he said, I know my son, God is all knowing. He is all knowing. He knows what he's doing. He said, he, he also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, gave him a blessing and I'm gonna stop right there. My life for 10 years, I kept holding on to the past. I, I didn't wanna let go of my old life. The name Manasseh means God caused me to forget my past. The name Manasseh means forgetting your past. The name Ephraim means a double portion or doubly blessed. Too many times we're looking for the blessing. We're trying to live this wonderful life, but we're still attached to our past. We still hold on to that. We haven't allowed God to detach us from our past. So, What's happening here is there's a, God's trying to force you to release your past. And if you want to step into double blessing, if you want to step into a double blessing, the blessing comes through the cross. It comes through some crossed hands. Now today, what does that look like? There's a cross sitting on Calvary and it has a son of man slayed from the foundation of earth. He just got whipped. 39 lashes, one more lash would have killed him. He was beaten and punched, mocked, spit at, had your beard plucked out, all for you. And what that is, is when you come to the cross and you say, Jesus, I wanna release everything of my past. I don't wanna be attached to dead things. I don't wanna be attached to sin or trespasses. When you do that, you can fully step into a double blessing. You can step into what God has for your life. But you've gotta be willing to release your past. That means picking up your cross. That means if you were stuck stealing, you've gotta pick up your cross, leave that alone. If you were stuck watching, let's say, vile and perverse things on the internet or on your phone. You've got to crucify that stuff. If you gossip, you've got to pick up your cross. It gets real quiet when we talk about gossip. But I'm serious. Every single day, you've got to learn to die yourself. There, there is one other thing that like, it's kind of minor and I'm kind of being sarcastic, but 
sometimes you guys just got to lose some sleep on Tuesday morning and get to men's prayer and die to yourself. I'm serious. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made was to die to myself, pick up my cross, and I'll be honest with you, you know what happened this last Tuesday? I didn't go to bed till like 2.45 in the morning. And I woke up at 4.30, got here at five. I died to myself. There's so much fruit when you learn to leave, oh, but I'm lazy, oh, but I'm tired, oh, but I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna have to come to church, oh, I don't wanna have to have hard conversations. No, but when you learn to leave those things alone, step to the cross, I promise you blessing will come. I promise you that. So, I just wanna, I'm gonna start closing out the service. But what I wanna ask, and I want you guys to be honest with me. I don't care if you're a leader in the church. I don't care if you're here for the first night. If you're youth, if you're afraid your mom's looking at you, because my mom's looking at me right now. If you're afraid of any of this happening, like just leave it, leave it. I'm telling you, Jesus said, leave the dead to bury the dead. So with every eye closed and every head bowed down, just gonna, we're just gonna have integrity for a moment. We're not gonna peek at our neighbor. I wanna ask you, are you following Jesus? Or are you just looking at a distance? You know of Jesus, but you don't know, really, really know of him. Are you learning to pick up your cross daily? Are you ready? That's the question I'm asking. Are you ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to leave the things of the past in the past? To have God prune some of those relationships, prune some of those mindsets, prune off depression, prune off anxiety and a, a spirit of fear that is not of God. Are you ready? So again, with every eye closed, and every head bowed, if you've never decided to follow Jesus in the way I'm talking about tonight, I want you just to lift up your hands. Just lift up your hand and I just, I wanna know, thank you, I see that. Thank you. Thank you, I see you up there. Yes, thank you guys. Lord, I pray right now, or every hand that was lifted up, we're ready to step into this wonderful life, Jesus, and right now, we find ourselves at the foot of the cross. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? Will I be in heaven if I take my last breath tonight? The truth is, if you call upon the name of Jesus, you will. So Lord, I bless every single soul in this room right now. I thank you, Lord, that this message would make them think a little bit about stuff they can leave and follow you. So Lord, right now in this moment, I activate right now your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them, that you would reveal to them, that they would see visions. I feel like in this room right now, that there's people right now that are seeing things with their eyes closed. You see things, you see your future. So I actually wanna be really bold because Jesus said, leave some of those things, right? If you raise your hand and you decided to follow Jesus tonight, and you decided that this message is gonna change something, that this is a BCAD moment. This is a before Christ and now this is the year of the Lord, that you're stepping into something new. 
I want you guys to be bold. If everyone could just stand up really quick. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to come up to the front. I want to pray for you guys. Step out of your seat. Sometimes just staying stuck in your seat will just hold you. If you guys can clap for them just coming up front. Let's just be bold. And I'll be the first one at the altar. <laughs> I'll be the first one. Dude, thank you, man. Bold and courageous. Bold and courageous. Yes. Ministry team, can you come up? God, I thank you right now. Yes. Lord, I must speak a blessing right now that is in your word, Lord God, that in this moment, those calling upon your name right now are fully saved, fully healed. And what's pretty cool is that word sozo. When Jesus is the context of sozo, you get healed. When Jesus is the context of doing the miraculous, things shift and things are evicted from your life. So Heavenly Father, you guys lift your hands and just receive right now. Heavenly Father God, in this section right here with youth, I declare right now a calling on their life that would never change. Lord God, that they would never step away from the calling, that they are called to be preachers and ministers. I, I declare right now that those that, that feel the calling into ministry, that they would continue to step into that even deeper and deeper with you, Lord God. I declare healing over word curses. I feel word curses, especially over the females in this room. Word curses that you've spoken over yourself. I break those right now by the mighty name of Jesus. I declare uh, healings, signs and wonders right now happening uh, in this room. Mindsets erased, ungodly thoughts right now shifting in the name of Jesus. I declare healing of minds, bodies, spirits, and souls right now in this place. Jesus, that you would move. Show them signs right now. If they're old, let them see some some, some dreams of the past. Resurrected dreams are the most dangerous dreams when you let God resurrect them. Addiction's broken right now. Lord, I thank you for this place right now. Ministry team, if you guys can uh, just spread out and just start laying some hands on them. Oh man, I, diagnosis. I feel like there's some diagnosis, some medical diagnosis in this room that the Lord's shown me that you've lost hope now. That you think that this is normal for you, that this is gonna be the rest of your life, even if you're young, if there's a diagnosis in this room that doctors have said, I just want you to lift your hand right now for that. Jesus, right now, I break right now every word curse, every demonic force, spirit of sickness and infirmity over their lives right now. Infertility, Jesus, I declare right now, miracles, signs and wonders, healing, sozo moments right now, fully restored, families being restored. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I ask that everything that you moved on our hearts, everything that you've done in this room right now, that we will learn to water those seeds and run with them. Lord, I thank you for this service. I thank you for every person right now. I still feel like there's people out there that you guys don't think you're qualified. You guys don't think that you guys can have an anointing, but God's word says in Joel that you'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. And if you desire the spirit of God, I declare right now that the spirit of God is moving on your heart. Just receive it. 
Jesus, we thank you for this night, Lord God, that we would be blessed going in and blessed going out. Lord, that your word says a thing and we amen a thing and things happen. Generations shifted right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.